Hello there, welcome to episode 49 of the Post-Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast. And tonight we've got a a very special treat uh, because we've got not only one but two guests all the way from uh, the USA. Uh, We have Chris Ledgerwood, who's up uh, near Seattle in the northwest. Um, He uh, runs uh, Athlete Intelligence and he's also been through Post-Concussion Syndrome and has a great understanding of how, and as a coach as well, um, you know, Coach Sledge, he's a wonderful guy. He's, he's a father as well, just like Rob and myself. And he's got a wonderful uh, kind of way of, of putting information and wisdom across to people when it comes to post-concussion syndrome. And Rob as well, uh, uh, Fumming Bird Sports, uh, Rob's in New Jersey. Um, lovely guy, he's... he's uh, uh, really really um kind of perfected the, the flexible helmet for lacrosse players and, and things as well but as somebody else, again another father who's gone through post-concussion syndrome himself and and seems like a very strong man as well um yeah, i've got you know instant admiration for both of them so they're joining me tonight uh, for the first of uh, maybe two or three chats uh, regarding kind of the state of sports and injuries and concussion on both sides of the channel so it, it needs to be kind of a, a, a an open discussion as you'll see it's it's pretty random <laughs> but it's good it's good when it's like that because um we, we don't want to make things kind of you know fit into certain boxes you want to keep them real so i hope you'll enjoy listening to this as much as we enjoyed recording it Right, so tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and whoever else might be watching or listening, um, we're very, very uh, pleased to welcome uh, both Chris Ledgerwood and Rob Stalker, uh, all the way from the United States, opposite coastlines. How's it going, guys? Good, how are you? Thanks. Yeah, it's really good, thank you. So, uh, Chris, I think you're up in, uh, is it Washington State? Yes, yes, outside Seattle. Near Seattle, okay. And Rob, you're in New Jersey? Yeah, other side, other side of the country, East Coast. Good stuff, yeah. No, um, so you can see like varying degrees of light and day here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the three of us. So no, it's, it's good. To, uh, it's good to connect with you both. Uh, so first, um, uh, came across Chris's work. Um, I think intelligence are on Twitter of all places, which is a, a really good place to meet people. Uh, and Chris is um, coach, and he's been a You've been a sportsman all your life, haven't you, uh, I believe? Yeah, yeah. I started playing lacrosse when I was five years old in upstate New York. And, you know, I took that to the college level, uh, went to Stevenson University, won a national championship there. You can see my national championship trophy right behind me, right love there. It. Love it. Love it. Um, and then I, I started working in the athletic industry. I worked for a company called Field Turf, the largest synthetic turf manufacturer in the world. And then... I started working with athlete intelligence uh, just this last year. Um, You know, my high school team started using their head impact monitoring solution for football and boys and girls lacrosse. And I I just saw a huge value in it. I saw that they had a job opening and I I jumped on it. You know, this is such a great cause. And, you know, I love what what both of you guys are doing. That's why I wanted to connect with both of you guys. Um, This is something that's really important to me. I've had post-concussive syndrome uh, i got a car accident last year and I, it took me over 18 months to recover and there's permanent damage done so yeah. um some of these things i'll never recover from and just having more information in this in this space is really valuable 
Well, don't ever rule yourself out from healing. I mean, uh, <laughs> it might be a bit hokey-cokey, but I work as a holistic healer as well, sound healing and different things. And I've had, I think, uh, something like 12 concussions. I'm pretty much almost healed. So there are ways. So what I would say to anybody out there that's listening or watching, we all go through that and thinking, well, no, I'll never be the same person again. That's true, but you can start to heal. So thank you, Chris. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Rob. Um, Rob of um, Hummingbird Sports, and he's, he's got his book there behind him. Shameless yeah. self-promotion, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, so I'm looking forward to reading that as well. Um, hi, Rob. How, how, how did you uh, I'm great, thanks. Are you all right? You good? Good? Good stuff. Yeah, no, no, I'm great. Uh, so I'm here. Um, I, I made good the first you. ever girls across headgear. I had four uh, very athletic uh, teenage daughters. They played all the sports that I played growing up, basketball, soccer. Um, right. My oldest is now field hockey goalie. Uh, and it's been uh, almost seven years ago, my two youngest asked me to play lacrosse. And of course, I said, sure, even though I didn't know anything about it, I took them to the fields and right away I saw that the boys were wearing big, hard helmets and the girls had nothing on their heads. Right. Uh, sport, same, played with similar stick, rock hard ball above the head. Um, I couldn't believe it. I started asking questions and didn't like any of the answers I was getting. So uh, it took us almost three years, but we made the first ever girls lacrosse headgear. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, I wrote a book that launched a couple of weeks ago called It's a No-Brainer on Amazon. Instantly became an Amazon number one bestseller, uh, but has all the girl stories, mm -hmm. um, the science behind why all these girls should be wearing head protection. Um, and so you know, we're happy to get the information out there and made some great relationships, including with Chris and his amazing technology. And uh, just just you know, thank you, David, for, for allowing me uh, to come on. And, and, oh, it's uh, a pleasure. You know, hopefully gain awareness of what we're doing. No, that's an absolute pleasure because I don't think uh, in the past we've had enough people in, in, in the sports field to speak to or to be on, but now it's, that seems to be changing. Uh, so yeah, no, thank you for your time as well, both of you. I humbly appreciate it. Um, in this day and age when we're all kind of, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> a bit under the cosh, uh, it, it's, it's, I think it's extra important for people to see and hear what we've got to talk about uh, and it's just it's, it's a lifeline for a lot of people you believe the messages and things I get is like just I'm so glad that you know you're doing this because some of the podcasts and video casts I don't mean I'm not going to criticize anybody but some of them are a bit straight-laced um, you listen to some and it's like you know they'll be interviewing a doctor or a specialist or whatever and and they can be a little bit I don't know some people think they're off-putting so it's, it's good to have a chat anyway, and just to say, well, what do you guys actually know? <laughs> so um, I'm going to start with Chris and to say, uh, uh, by the way, Rob, have you have you ever had concussion yourself or post-concussion syndrome, or have you dealt with Absolutely. That? I, you know, I grew up playing sports uh, on the streets and uh, played every sport there was, and we played hard, played tackle football with nothing mm -hmm. on our heads, and... Um, I, you know, I know it's just a question of how many there were and how you right. diagnose it in there. And mm. uh, we knew nothing about them. It, it was I had basketball coaches who saw exactly my head get hit and get hit hard. And mm. just the culture was, you know, you're okay. You know, shake it off a little bit, little salts, and get back out there. And obviously, I we now we now know very differently. And so to yeah. do something like what we're doing and 
Now for Chris, sorry, I, I know this was your time to talk. You started with us saying I'll start with Chris, and I just jumped right in there. But, no worries. Um, My fault. Uh, you know, <laughs> got plenty mental of health and head injuries and past injuries, you know, head injuries. We're, we're just starting here. Um, uh, this is just the beginning of the conversation. Hasn't hasn't been that long in our history that we've been talking about this. Um, and we all remember it's only been, what, 40, 50 years of – NHL players skating around with no helmets on. People can't believe that when we talk about yeah. that. Or, mm. uh, so. Yeah, no, it is. And um, I did write an article on the history of post-concussion syndrome going back a couple of hundred years, back to when it was called railroad spine and all these other different names it evolved through. Uh, but you're in the United States and, and North America and Canada. You're very much advanced than we are here in this country. Uh, here in, in the UK, they're still going through this official denial stages even after like the 2010 World Cup when it all came out. So now there's some kind of small measures like if, if like what you call soccer, but we call football players, if two players bang heads, they have to stop the game and they have to get a physio on to see to each and, a, 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 and so on. But it, it doesn't really go much further than that. So a lot of them have concussions and post-concussion syndrome, but they just don't know anything about it. Okay, yeah, so right. Chris, sorry, that was my bad. I was <laughs> no, no organizational heads. It's a Monday, so excuse me. Uh, so, Chris, um, you talk, you talked to me about um, a little bit about your own concussion. It's the, uh, or the one, yeah, the, the one that changed had, things for you. Yeah, recently. I've had plenty, um, and like Rob said, you know, this is still so new. Um, I'm only 32 years old, and when I was in high school, I didn't even know what a concussion was. Okay. And I know for a fact I had one uh, in my ninth grade summer at the Oswego Lacrosse Tournament in upstate New York. I got absolutely yeah. creamed by this kid. He was number eight from the Adirondack team. I'll never forget it. Mm. And I don't even remember getting off the field. I was in a daze the rest of the day. I still played that game, and four other games. Um, so it, it's scary, you know, that I look at that and I've heard horror stories about, you know, coaches putting a kid back in and then he dies. That could have been me. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. it's something that um, maybe nobody really saw it. I think that most of my coaches did. It was one of those things. It was the biggest hit. You know, people generally don't miss the big hits. And what we're worried about more so now is the smaller hits that uh, compound over time. Mm. But even if somebody didn't see my hit, you know, I come off the field for a minute and they throw me back out there. It's just, it's so dangerous and it's not worth it. It's not worth a ninth grade summer, summer ball game, you know, to, to have such a negative impact on your life. Um, so um. Be, being one of the company that provides information to be able to help coaches, trainers, athletes, parents, uh, gain that information that we don't always have at readily at hand unless you have, you know, five people on the sideline watching every single play from different angles and really monitoring that, you know, it's it's really impossible to gain that information. So yeah. really excited to be able to, you know, be in this space and, and talk with guys like Rob and yourself and, you know, just grow the awareness of this because it is so new. Yeah, even I just want to just piggyback off that real quick, Chris. Even for players, we always talk about um, players don't don't want to report. There, there's an instinct to say I'm okay, and uh, you know I I just want to play and leave me alone, and I'll deal with it. And so even if you had a spotter for every kid, 
out there in the end no matter what happens they're going to look at a kid and say are you okay and try to do the best they can but in just about every case that um, we hear and we we know it is the case the reporting is so hard because of that natural instinct to say i'm okay i am okay and uh, we we know far too well that no it's it, you're, you're not okay you, you need healing right now not yeah, unfortunately, people lie. And <laughs> honestly, when I was in college, you know, it's a very competitive environment. I got a concussion when I was in college. They held me out for six weeks, and they wouldn't give me my results of my baseline test um, until I passed it. And I was getting very frustrated because, you know, I want to be on the field. I want to contribute to the team. And every day I'm, I'm not out there, you know, somebody else is you know, taking a spot on the roster that I want. So I, I fought with our trainer tooth and nail to get up back on the field. And when I passed my baseline test and he showed me my previous results, it was astonishing. I couldn't even believe my reaction time, my memory, my cognition, all that stuff. It, it really opened my eyes to, you know, this whole situation that we're dealing with here. And that's what makes it so passionate for me because I know that I would have lied. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the younger you. That's the, you're talking about yeah. the teenage you, the teenage me, 100%. I would always lie. I, I would say, I'm fine. I won't play. I just want to play. That's being a kid. That's why it's now you're a grown up and adults that need to be making the, the you know, the, the right decisions for, for all these kids who play. Yeah. The adults need to be managing this situation and unfortunately the kids are managing it i mean the the animals are running the zoo in this situation and it's scary you know and if you have a concussion you're in a daze right you're not thinking clearly and someone that's not thinking clearly should not be making decisions and we can't manage that if we don't monitor it that's a good point right and do you think we're, we're kind of conditioned like say not just as as men you know to kind of go oh, I'm alright I'm fine I'm, I'm kind of but also in that, that competitive sense like you're saying you with sports people you just want to be back in there do you think that's a, a big part of it or is it, is it yeah I mean, it's a competitive well? atmosphere so you know you don't want somebody to take your starting spot or, or whatever it is you know any athlete is going to want to play when given the opportunity and the only way for us to you know, mitigate this risk is to educate these players and parents so that they can say, wow, I really don't want to play if I'm not 100%. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. But it's, it's then like a split responsibility, you know, uh, parental responsibility. We run the, the caregivers and parents group on Facebook as well as like the main, we've got about six or seven different groups, all related to PCS, brain injury, hidden disability. It seems like through those caregivers groups, we get a sense of parents' concern for the children and now kind of taking more of an active role in managing how the children are allowed to say, I'm okay or I'm not. Or I'm, and I think, and a really important part for me is seeing this difference where in the States and Canada, you use a science-based method and practically medically to determine as well. Whereas here we've got nothing, not a thing. Just are you okay? So I'm I'm sure that's why it's much worse in in Britain. What what are your thoughts on that, Rob? Well, you know, for me and from my experience with this headgear, it's, it's 
it's just creating that education and educating people. And mm -hmm. so people quickly hear it, become educated. And so they do go from here to there. And that is some people and some people kind of make their way there as they read the science and hear it. But some people just don't even want to have the conversation still. So some people are still on that side. Yeah. Uh, there's some sort of toughness associated with head injuries. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. I know I got my bell wrong and it's okay. And still a shake it off mentality. And it, it, you know, it, it seems like it's a natural progression, but it's time. It's time that we're through that and um, that we've gotten over that and that everybody understands the seriousness of, and the repercussions of whether it's a single head injury, multiple head injuries, whatever it is, we're talking about head injuries to kids and, yeah. and the impact that has to some of them for life. Yeah, and for sure. I talk to coaches that say they don't want to monitor head impacts. They they would rather ignore it because if they have to monitor it, they're afraid that they're going to have to pull their top player out of the game, and they just think that you know a head impact monitoring solution is going to make them pull kids left and right when that's not the case. We need to monitor what's going on so that we can manage it in the sense that. Maybe some some impacts are okay, right? We don't know it very much about how what's the G-force to, to make you get a concussion. And it's different for every person. So you have to gain this data, analyze it, and be able to make decisions based on what you're seeing. Now that's just science, right? I mean, it's pretty straightforward information. And I argue the exact opposite, is if I can monitor these impacts, I can correct poor technique I can remove the head from unnecessary contact as a coach. I can find trends in certain drills that I'm doing and make sure that I'm not, you know, stacking up hundreds or thousands of head impacts per season. You know, that keeps my kids safer and that keeps them on the field and I don't need to worry about them. Mm. And then we've got um, the, it seems like a tenuous question that when I was talking to, to Ralph Cornwell, he was like, well, you know, he'd, he'd worked in various universities and colleges, but people weren't very receptive to him within the, the sporting community, you know, and some people actually, you know, were kind of like trying to shut him up. But his, his uh, methods of, of strength training to, to prevent concussions in the first place and, and awareness, I don't know, I think if you're combining thinking about Rob's with the helmet and the, the flexible helmet and then with the athlete intelligence, and, and what Chris does as well. I think, it, you know, possibly it'd be good to connect you with him as well if you're not already connected with him. Uh, and just, you know, there's always room, um, I think, you know, to kind of, uh, for, you know, you know, type of networking, but like uh, intercommunication there. Uh, yeah, I would that. love to, to speak with him. Uh, we do a lot of neck exercises with my team. Uh, I've seen studies. Uh, it, it was like a study on like a wolf and how strong wolves necks are yeah mm. and they they won't get concussions because of how how strong their neck exactly. is and there was a study that you know kind of correlated that with humans and if you strengthen your neck you're you're able to take bigger blows to the head without having such a negative impact mm. um, it was really interesting and you know I, I listened to that podcast that you did with dr cornwell and it was yeah. it was great you know, I'd love to speak with him someday. Yeah, that's a great guy. He's got a fantastic sense of humor, and he's, uh, and he's not too far from you. He's in Boston, Rob, so he's not that far away from you. But yeah, no, that I'll happily, um, I'll, I'll forward him a, a link to the, the podcast and videocast as well, and uh, 
make a, a discreet suggestion. <laughs> but yeah, um, no, well maybe, you know, we could all come up together sometime and, you know, you, you guys can just chat and I'll just sit here with a, uh, you know, a cup of whatever and <laughs> and listen and, yeah. le- and learn as well. Because this is my biggest learning experience do, doing these as well. Okay. And I think for, I, I, you on. know, I, not to speak for Chris, but when you get yourself involved in what we're getting ourselves involved in, whether it's making headgear or doing the great monitoring that yeah. Chris is doing, exactly what Chris is doing, that's where we're headed. We are headed to all having a recognition mm. that these head injuries are important, the monitoring of them are important, mm. um, that there are consequences um, you know, that, that come with these head injuries. We're, we're, we're getting there. So to have conversations with, um, you know, with you both and Chris and what you're doing so far ahead of the game, that, that's what it needs to happen here um, to get those other people who ignore the science. And yeah. sometimes it's just easier for people to ignore an issue, to not um, weigh in on it, to just, yeah, just dismiss it. Sun. and. Uh, you know, there's nothing I you know, I can do about it. Uh, you know, it's, it's just the end of it, and let me just go about my my day instead of getting involved with talking about seriousness of head injuries, and especially in youth whose brains aren't developed. Um, it's not a com- easy conversation for everybody to have, but it's just great to have you know so many other people who are so willing and want to talk about these things because they recognize how important they are. So thank you. Yeah, no, no. Um, most important as well is because there's not really anybody else or very many people in Britain or Europe that are tackling this type of thing, particularly in collaboration with with you guys over there in North America. There seems to be very, very little kind of cross collaboration. Whereas, you know, if, if the health service is here, what we call uh, the NHS, the National Health Service, or as I call them, the No Hope Service, <laughs> which is basically what they are. Um, you know, kind of, I, I campaigned for years and years and years and just got nowhere. But by having these conversations and hopefully, yeah, some, some people will see that within the service and they'll go, hang on a minute, this is, this is actually real. This is, this is still, this is going on and it's not, you know, it's not something that we can ignore or I can ignore personally. So thank you as well, because you're bringing it to people who have literally no concept of what we're talking about in terms of flexible helmets or, you know, intelligence, they've got no idea. And it it is a a terrifying thing to think that that doctors and so-called specialists here, they won't have a clue. And they didn't have a clue when I was injured back in August 2006. You know, they were looking at me like, stop making this shit up. You know, just go back, go back to work. Stop making this shit up. Stop malingering. Stop, you know, kind of looking for whatever you're looking for, drugs or whatever. And I was like, I don't want drugs. I don't want any of that. But they still piled me up with them. So here we are, nearly 15 years later, 14, 14 and a bit years later, and there aren't that many attitudes have changed. So that's why it's, it's important that I did this in the first place, and kept it going. Um, but I wanted another thing I wanted to ask you both about was um, in terms of uh, like the, you have like a, a private medical healthcare system over there. We have we pay for it all our lives, our entire lives, and then they tell us it's free, but we don't get to use it when we want. We only get to use it when they say. How has the healthcare system and what's been going on recently? How has that affected both of your 
roles in the industry how is how is it i know we, you had the thing about obamacare and all that what's the state of affairs now in the states if somebody has loses the say has to go get out of work and you know can't work anymore how would they deal with that chris have you had an experience um, with that so, so it's I'm, I'm going to speak on athlete intelligence. So mm. what we do is we partner with Munich Reinsurance, and Munich Reinsurance uh, sees the value in uh, head impact monitoring. And if you are a Munich Reinsurance um, user, then they'll pay $15 per athlete that uses the system. So, I mean, the, the insurance companies are seeing the value in this, and I think that there's a lot of headway to be, to be gained here. but. Um, you know, a lot of the people that I've spoken to see the value of what we're doing and the insurance will pay for it. So sure. it's exciting to be in that situation and I don't know how things will change and I'm not going to speculate, but, no. um, you know, it's been a, a pretty good situation for us to be able to partner with Munich Re. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Rob, what your thoughts? Sorry, it's such a long winded question. <laughs> It wasn't even no, a question. No, no, you're good. What do you so, think, Rob? Yeah, again, uh, to, to Chris's point, I can only talk about this girls lacrosse headgear and, and that world, but we, we've talked to so many girls. Who, uh, one who I talk about in my book in Florida uh, got hit in the head. She, uh, there was a helicopter, emergency helicopter came, landed on the field, uh, took, her, took her to the hospital. Um, she had eight shots um, over years to the back of her neck. Um, in an effort to just alleviate some of the pain that she goes through on a yeah. daily basis. Uh -huh. And when you ask about insurance, uh, basically her family sent the bills to U.S. Lacrosse, the governing body of lacrosse, and U.S. Lacrosse just paid all the medical bills. Oh, wow. And that's Fantastic. That's the way it works in that lacrosse world. Um, so I think, I don't know if you know differently, Chris, I think it's a $75 membership to sign up to play. And that's the kind of insurance that uh, the girls that we've spoken to um, have gotten from U.S. Lacrosse. Okay. Yeah, we we use all of our players at U.S. Lacrosse registered. So um, I think it's seventy-five to play. I think I pay fifty-five as a coach. And we've had players with concussions that you know maybe they don't have great insurance or they may not have insurance at all. And we write that up for U.S. Lacrosse. We submit it, and U.S. Lacrosse will pay it. They've, they've done such a great job of that. And I'm actually meeting with uh, U.S. Lacrosse on Friday, so excited to be able to have a conversation with them and see, you know, what we can work out. If there's a similar partnership like with Munich Re that we have, or you know, educational opportunities. There's tons of U.S. Lacrosse educational um, uh, courses on on their website, and you know, trying to get this information out there so that we can provide the safest environment for these athletes without taking away the physicality of the sport and, and kind of in an old school mentality kind of ruining the sport. You know, we'd like to keep yeah. it as similar as we can and be able to monitor things and, and mitigate the risk in these situations. Um, so really excited to be able to, to meet with U.S. Lacrosse because they've done a lot of great things for the lacrosse community, which is so tight. Yeah, and like you say, yeah, you, you don't want to kind of dumb things down in sports so that you know you, you kind of you know you can't tackle you can't kind of have any physical contact in contact sports yeah. I think that, that that's got to kill it really if you, if you kind of impose new rules and laws and that then it's like you, you're taking the passion out of sport it's like over here you know we, we're getting we've reconvened the 
football season, but it's like playing to empty stadiums, and it's it's just not, you know, there's not the passion there. You know, my local team, you you'd have to get like I don't know, not massive crowds, but seventeen, eighteen thousand on a Saturday. Now it's like playing to an empty stadium. So yeah, it's it's, it's bizarre times. Um, what I wanted to ask you both as well is. Um, what were your experiences on diagnosis? Have you have you both been had you both been diagnosed with post concussion syndrome, or what happened? Uh, start with Rob. I, I've only self diagnosed. Mm. Like I said, okay. it wasn't a thing when I was young. Um, I you know I, I I do feel personally I I feel the repercussions of having mm. head injuries as a kid. I yeah. uh, there's something there. I yeah. It is a, a result of all that, but like I said, I, nobody knew, or at least nobody told me about it. Um, it wasn't a conversation then, and I'm just so fortunate that it is a conversation now, and especially having my four girls. Um, you know, any, anybody who's a father, a lot of people will tell you that all I care about at this point is my kids' heads, their brains, and their futures. And um, yeah, I, what, what happened to me and what I'm going through, I so many friends who were NFL players, ex-NFL players um, in their 50s, 60s now, and a lot of them are struggling. And it's it's, yeah. um, it's hard to watch, hard to listen to, hard yeah. to talk to, but it is what it is. And to get in front of it and say, this is what happened to me, and I'm just trying to do anything I can do to make sure that you know, if I, one person it doesn't happen to because of the efforts that I'm making, then it's worth it. Yeah, and I'm blessed being a dad with four girls, but <laughs> I've got one boy, and that's kind of like enough for me to cope with. That. I can't imagine. Um, yeah, yeah, so kudos for that. Um, so, yeah, you're always thinking about it as a father as well, because there aren't too many. Well, there are fathers with post-concussion syndrome all over the world, but there's not many discussions on that subject as well. So it's good that the three of us together, we're all fathers, and discussing this. So it's it is. Uh, sometimes feels like a burden or a weight that you, you're thinking about. Yeah, I don't want my own child to, to suffer any issues and so on. And then you see them, you know, kind of, especially when the, the younger Crystal now is like they'll, they'll whack the head on the table, the coffee table or something. You'll be like, oh my god, don't, no, don't, no. And the worst things will go through your mind, won't they, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I might, I might have uh, my daughter when she can grow into this helmet that Rob shit me. I might have her just wear it around the house for a little while. <laughs> Do that little mini one, yeah. She's, yeah and that's always, that, that's always one thing I talk about is a- accidents happen. They happen in sports. Um, you know, my kids play basketball. I, you know, I know head injuries happen in sports to bodies moving full speed. I love the way... You know, especially, like I said, only having four girls, I mostly only see girls' sports. Uh, you know, I love how it's gotten so much faster, stronger, these girls. Uh, got more more spirit, more energy in what they're doing. I love all those parts of it. But like I said, for me, it just came down to that sport that's played with a stick and a rock-hard ball above the head and the ball's flying around and the goalies are wearing big, hard helmets and girls across. Um, you know, you don't, you don't see one player on a basketball court wearing a helmet, but the other girls aren't. Um, yeah. that, that, that's the way it is in girls across. So. Yeah. So yeah, the, um, the the main thing for me, I think, when because I, I I was a sportsman a little bit as a, a kid, you know, growing up, I didn't, but I never kind of pursued that. I'm more of a kind of like a lone athlete, and I'll run on a walk and stuff when I can. But I'm not involved in any 
particularly the last 15 years, I'm not involved in any kind of uh, contact sports or anything like that. I think the main thing for me is, is understanding. Uh, I was never kind of deeply ensconced in like sporting teams or mindset professionally or semi-professionally or anything like that. It's understanding how you how you cope with um, being separate from, say, if you've had a concussion or head injury or, or you're not able to play, how do you cope with being apart from? your teammates or your team or, or kind of being almost kind of like out in the cold yeah I, I mean this is a kind of hits home for me um, I felt moving from the east coast to the west coast going from playing team sports my whole life and then being in the adult world I felt that um, you know isolation from from team and when you when you're playing on a team and you get a concussion and you're isolated it's it's really tough it's you know a little bit of depression i think um you know like i said when i i got diagnosed last year with post-concussive syndrome after my car accident um you know i haven't been able to play even men's league lacrosse and when i do go out and play i'm i'm a little bit more nervous than i used to be um, just because of how severe the car accident was and Dr. Burns at Brain Northwest, which is a great facility, uh, diagnosed me with post-concussive syndrome. I went to 18 months of uh, extensive therapy to, to try to regain, you know, normalcy. And some of the, the issues, like I said earlier, um, that I, I claim permanent, like, yes, I, I can probably still regain some of that eventually, mm, uh, but it's yeah. chronic. And after 18 months, it's chronic and it's, you know, stated as it's, it's permanent. Maybe someday I'll, I'll feel better, but at, at the moment it's not, um, you know, the headaches, the, the side effects, I've never had migraines before, but I do now, uh, sensitivity to certain situations. If I, you know, go run really hard or if I, you know, maybe stay out yeah. too late or mm -hmm. something like that, yeah. I might have a headache after. Um, yep. Some of those things yeah. have never happened to me before. Um, and my, I think it was my, I mean, I may need a correction on this, but it was my right posterior reflex, um, which is my my eye reflex, was is still um, not corrected. So, you know, that isolation is still for me today, where I feel like I can't be out there with my friends doing the thing that I love the most, which is to play lacrosse. And mm. my second favorite thing is to coach it. So, luckily, I can still do that. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, no, well, we're going to talk more about that later, you and I, Chris, as well, because I firmly believe that no matter how bad anybody is, they, they could still heal. And I'm kind of living proof of that in some ways, but I use unconventional methods and those are always good. So um, yeah, that's the other thing I was going to just say, sorry, real quick, David, was that um, yeah. we maybe we will get there where you look for down the line you will do, yeah. about 200 years from now. There's no need for helmets. There's no need for monitoring. We've just evolved to a place where there's just something that you do when your bell gets rung and it's been proven, and that's great. And I'll, you know, I'll, yeah, no, I'll no. for that. That's the goal of what we're trying to get to. <laughs> yeah. And in the meantime, we're just starting out here. Let's protect heads. Let's monitor. Yeah, let's figure this out as we go along. It's got to um, be the everything. only thing that completely makes sense to me. Yeah. Sorry. It's got it's got to be a bit of everything. So I'd say prevention, protection, uh, and then obviously medicine, healing, cure as well. So I, I'm all for using every tool in the box. Personally, I'm yeah. like I don't care what it is, where it comes from. 
Uh, no, no, we're all the only tool you have. If so, the only tool you have is a hammer, <laughs> everything starts to look like a nail. Oh, yeah, and, that's and, it. <laughs> Love one that. thing that I hear that's a lot, and I hear the girls who have been through it a lot, is that when it happens to a kid, the parents, it's not like they know exactly what to do. No. So they have no Rarely. idea. So they call somebody no. who's been through it and say, what do I do? My, you know, what, what should I do is the best where we are right now. Um, and like I said, hopefully we'll get somewhere where it's just, this is what you do. And you know, an hour later it's, you're all good and all, all good to go. Yeah. And science shows that, but we're not, not even close to being there yet. So no, no, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. Sorry. I, yeah. I, well, I'm, okay. no worries. Rob, so Rob as well. Uh, yeah. Quickly before yep, you go, you, David. Thanks, Chris. I'll, quickly I'll, before I'll you go, you. Rob, Rob, before you go, yep. do you want to, do you want to just yep. show people your book so they can find yeah, it's, you as uh, well? It's a no brainer. It's on Amazon. Uh, you can type in Rob Stoker, <laughs> S-T-O-L-K-E-R. It's called It's a No-Brainer. Anybody can email me, rob at hummingbirdsports.com. Um, any questions or anything? And you, to talk about. All right. And thanks you again for having me on, David. Thanks for setting it up, Chris. Keep, keep You're doing most show. welcome. All right, Rob, we'll, we'll speak thanks to you again soon. Thank you, all right, mate. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Take, <laughs> Take care. care. Oh, there we go. There. No, it's good to have, have Rob on as well. Um, yeah, no, for sure. We continue the conversation. Sometime. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, he's a good and man. I've got another meeting coming up here shortly as well, so right. um, yeah. I'd be happy to stay on for a little bit here. But All right. well, you, you just um, let me I'd know. I'd love to get back for a part two. Yeah, no, that'd be great. And uh, yeah, if we can get, uh, if we can somehow, uh, you know, drag Ralph in as well, that'd be like, uh, yeah, that'd be uh, awesome. A great summit too. Okay, so um, yeah, we've covered quite a bit already, um, and I think yeah, it's, it's for some people they prefer to kind of have things metered out into different parts um but you know the great thing about podcasts and video casts is you can stop and watch them when you want particularly if you yeah. suffered with brain injury um yeah but going back to healing um you saying you had your the main concussion the one that's caused your issues at, at 32 yeah so I, it was i'm 32 now i had my sorry my car accident was, let's see, it was March 1st, 2019, so. Yes, right, so last year. Okay, this is roughly about the same age that I had my first one as well. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it's a strange kind of time, age, because you're coming into the prime of your life, really 30s, and that, for me, was like the best time of my life, and, and it was like, yeah. But then there's this, there's this kind of heavy filter in there where you're dealing with all that. I remember going through just chaos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really tough. Um, you know, it happened like the first week of lacrosse season. So I was coaching, I was playing men's league. Yeah. Um, and obviously I couldn't play in men's league anymore that season. Um, and it was really difficult to get through practice. Um, you know, practices and games are high, pretty high stress when you're the head coach. So mm. um, I know that about three quarters of the way through the season, I was still having headaches. I was forgetful. I was off balance. My vision was off. My motor skills were still kind of off. Um, I wasn't able to just do things that I could do at, at, at a snap, right? Um, yeah. You know, being able to pick up my lacrosse stick, pick up a ball and shoot it into a corner is something that I've done since I was five years old. Yeah. And I would take weird shots and I'd forget the ball bag with all of our balls when I'm coming to practice or I'd be late. And I had some of my captains come up to me and 
they were really concerned. They just said, Coach, are you okay? Is everything all right? You've been acting differently this season, and uh, you've been late a couple of times, and you're never late, and you've forgotten some things, and you never forget things. Uh, like, what's going on? Yeah. And I had to sit the whole team down and, and explain it to them because I thought that I was hiding it pretty well, and apparently not. Um, I had to tell them, you know, hey, guys, I didn't want to worry you. I got in a bad car accident. I've got post-concussive syndrome. I'm, I'm really struggling with it. And, you know, my team supported me, and that was that was great. Uh, and they use the athlete intelligence system, so we monitor their head impacts, so they're educated on it. So they knew how serious it was. Um, so I'm glad that, you know, being a coach, I'm providing – the safest environment for them and I'm educating them and and they're they're learning from that and and understanding how important it is to protect your head and they got to see it firsthand they saw a coach with post-concussive syndrome and it wasn't it wasn't very pretty I don't think I mean I'm from the point of view so it's hard for me to say but when your captains come up to you and say coach something's wrong are you okay you know that it's it's showing yeah, I think it's it, it's our vulnerability as well. When we get to that point, it's like, well, yeah, we might think we, we're trying to do a good job of hiding it. I, I did a really crap job. I was useless. <laughs> just a, a screwball. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like, well, everything started to change in my work. I, I didn't, didn't have a supportive environment. I mean, obviously, it sounds like your players and the people that you're working with, they were more supportive of you. I mean, that that's an essence of the difference between the culture here and the culture in, in the US is just, well... Well, we're, my, my next day step. job at the time was not very uh, understanding. Oh, right, so. okay. Well, I, t- I take some of that back. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> well, um, my lacrosse program was, because, I mean, well, they yeah. understand it, and the layman doesn't understand it. So when True. I explained to my employer at the time what had happened... They're, they're thinking that I'm faking it. They think that I'm trying to call out sick. Yeah. They're thinking that I have to leave and go home early because I'm, I'm faking it. And I was working yeah. in, a, in a place with really bright lights. And, it, I mean, it was impossible to go to work every day. It, yeah, it was tension, terrible. Tension I had headaches head. all day. Yeah, at the time mine happened, I was unfortunately I had to take a job working in a, like a call center, and it was it's horrific. There was like air conditioning and like bright um, fucking tube lights, and on top mm. of that, I was the same as you. It was like the, the company were not sympathetic at all, and they were like, "Well, you know, what's wrong with you?" And I was trying to explain, and like, you "Look, all right, <laughs> nothing wrong with you. Get on with it." And it just went <laughs> downhill from there. So yeah, yeah, I think one thing that I always see in the groups and online and, and places, Chris, is that well, people who do have the support and love of a close uh, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, whoever, um, or the, the family members, even even sometimes the children, depending on their age and so on, those people tend to stand a better chance. Mm-hmm. In my in my eyes, whereas I mean, I, I I'll fully admit I was left all on my own. I was living alone. I was just mm-hmm. had no lost after following injury. Lost a lot of connections in my life, and uh, people yeah. kind of maybe found it harder to understand me. I'm not the easiest person to understand anyway. But then it was like, well, and then it was like, well, hang on a minute, you know. Then uh, other things started to happen, and it's like there was just like the dominoes started whoosh. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, it's um, it's a funny one. What happened after yeah, that? I'm lucky, to, I'm lucky get... to work where I do today oh, with okay, yeah, intelligence yeah. because you know I feel like now if I have any post-concussive um, symptoms, yeah. I, I'm just building more credibility, right? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. But the, the thing is. Um, it's like, hey, I've been through it. I'm going through it. Well, this is, yeah, this is what I feel is important because I, I am going through it and I understand it and I want to learn more and I want to help benefit other people that may not realize it. And I can say, hey, I had headaches yesterday because of, you know, the concussive hits that I've taken. And that's credibility, right? That's a credibility in a space that I believe is important. And yeah, a lot of people okay. don't want to listen to you know, the research or the studies or whatever, but they will listen to somebody's story. They will listen to oh, yeah. somebody's experience. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's what I try to provide people with is say, hey, I, as a former athlete, I see the importance in this. We have to have to learn about this. And, you know, as an adult who is going through this and it happened to me out, outside of sport, you know, it's just something that we just need to know a little bit more about. Yeah, and you, you have you like me. You have empathy as well. You have the ability to to see what you've been through. Uh, one of the biggest things I always say to people, and I, I thought about this for a long time, is that there's two ways you can treat a life changing injury or life changing condition like PCS or PPCS if it's longer term. And that mm -hmm. is, firstly, I can sit and pull it on me, and I can take all the drugs that the doctor gives me and just eat them all and turn into some kind of horrible, you know, kind of like parody or kind of zombie fried version of myself yeah. but like a pale shadow of who I used to be and I can take illegal mm -hmm. drunks I can drink as well I can do what I want to do as long as I kill the pain off for a while but it always comes back or mm -hmm. after the point when you actually can realize that like I did I lost everything I lost my house I lost my job friends I, I just ended up I was homeless three times I ended up kind of like in a yeah bad world <laughs> in some ways mm -hmm. but there was always a light there there was always a light of healing that, that kind of shined I, I, I clung, clung on to clung on to sorry not mm -hmm. clung on to but I believe that if we we can see what we've been through no matter how tough it is no matter what we lost as a result we could have lost relationships we could have lost contact mm -hmm. with our children we could have lost our job all house many car many different things but if we can see uh, the lesson and the uh, opportunity in that to be able to help other people, then that is worth a, a million houses or cars or jobs or whatever. And it is simply... For sure. One of my favorite quotes is from Coach Bobby Bowden from Florida State, and he says, adversity builds character, and you cannot build character, in my opinion, without adversity. Now, those that have no character are going to wilt right by the wayside. And no, as a coach, point. he shares that experience. And as a coach, I share my experience and I share that same sentiment that, you know, these tough times can get better. You know, all those people out there that are going through, um, you know, post-concussive syndrome, it'll get better. It does get better. I feel fine most of the time where I wasn't a year ago. Um, you know, it was one of those things where I've had concussions before and this one was much worse. And I was really concerned that it wasn't going to get any better. Yeah, um, yeah. So there is hope, and and that those challenges brought on by that period of time in my life have already, you know, paid dividends. You know, I, I look at every time I go through a bumpy path, or you know, I meet adversity, that I'm going to come out the other side 
and I'll have more character and more experience from it, and I'll be able to help more people based off of the experiences that I've had. So yeah. it's definitely a huge help to be able to share share that with you, and you know, keep spreading the word on on this very important topic. Yeah, what I learned because I, I, I've always been self-taught, or what they call an autodidact. I left school at fifteen and never was into kind of learning that way. I just I just kind of study very deeply for a long period of time. I study things myself, and then I kind of take what I think I've learned and put it into practice. But in terms of uh, natural medicine, functional medicine, I looked. At, I was looking into reading books about. Um, neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, which is a brain's way of uh, rewiring and regenerating brain cells and, and th mm -hmm. things as, as well. So there were, I came across, obviously, you know about uh, DPA, EHA, uh, other way around, sorry, uh, like fish oils mm -hmm. and things, lion's mane mm -hmm. mushrooms and different things like that. And all these things combined with like homeopathy and, and different things you find, I found, that was a way to regenerate the brain and to, to get through what you're talking about, what you described earlier when Rob was on about going to run and going and, and then the headaches coming on and things. Yeah, yeah. I was there like 2009, 10, you know, two, two right. three, four years after. And I, I just, I could feel what you were going through. I could sense it because I would try and push myself. I'd do, try to do long walks and, and try and exercise and run. But then it would, I'd be like, oh, my body would, my brain would like revolt against me. Yeah. So Yeah, you go out and you do something that you do almost every day. Like me as an athlete, I'm not, I'm used to going for a run. It's nothing new to me. And you no. go out and you, you do something that you just do every day, right? And yeah. you start feeling pretty crappy after that. It's, it's a pretty big indicator that something's wrong. Yeah, and it, it, it is. Um, it's something that yeah, we are going to have to come back for another another <laughs> chat together as well because yeah. I, I feel like we've only kind of scratched the surface in a way, and it, it is. Yeah. It, it's not something that I, I ever want to censor or kind of keep down to a set time limit. You know, when we can we can do further installments and things. So yeah, yeah for sure. that'd, that'd be it'd be good to have you both back on. Um, and um, so do you want to tell people, Chris, where they can get hold of you? If, if somebody's watching this now and they want to ask questions, if they want to engage with you, I know you've got your website and you're on Twitter. What's the best way to get hold of you? Yeah, email is probably the best way. Right. Um, you know, you can look at our website. It's just athleteintelligence.com. Right. And then my email is cledgerwood at athleteintelligence.com. So uh, if you need the spelling, hopefully it's on on the podcast so I'll, you can get the spelling on that yeah i'll try and put it in the i'll put it in the description with the podcast Perfect. and the video cast as well so yeah they got I'm, I'm still catching up on all that stuff i know i should do that anyway but um i've been a bit <laughs> lax with that but, um yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try and put that so you can you can find chris easily okay so yeah uh, we're doing educational stuff all the time you know I, yeah. i'm obviously in sales but i mean step one is educating the market and I'll have a conversation with anybody that's willing to listen and anybody that, that wants to learn. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we generally sell the teams, but if you're a parent um, or a player, I would love to have a conversation with you and, and we can, you know, figure out if your team is a good candidate to be able to, to use this system. And Excellent. I, I, I just love talking to, to just people, right? It's, it's fun for me to educate somebody on something that's so important to me yeah. in my life. So. Anybody that, that's interested, feel free to reach out.
Thank you. And, uh, and thank you for being so generous with your time as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get to do this again soon. Uh, you just let me know when's good for both of you. And, uh, Sounds great. Yeah, I'll have a quiet chat with Ralph as well and see if he's uh, uh, yeah, able I'll to love, join I'll in. Yeah, I'd love to Ralph like... if we can all get together. That would be phenomenal. That'd be awesome, yeah. Right, I'll try and make that happen. All right, so is there, anything, is there anything else in conclusion that you'd, you'd like to say uh, to anybody out there at the moment <clears> that's, that's just, just freshly going into this uh, type of thing, Chris? Or you... Um. You know, if you're an athlete, I believe that data analytics is the future of sports. And, you know, if we want to be stuck in the Stone Ages, that's that's fine. That's your own prerogative. But, um, you know, using uh, tools that, like we were saying earlier, use all the tools that at your disposal. And if this is something that, you know, you're capable of using, then why not? You know, it's not going to hurt. It's going to do a lot of good for you. And you know, just like Rob's helmet, you know, we feel very confident that, that we're making a, a huge impact, pun intended, on, on the... Uh, <laughs> in kind of yeah, yeah, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's... it's, it's, um, it's, it's this has been a, yeah, a, a good learning for me as well, you know, kind of... Uh, to, hearing you both speak about what you do as well because i mean we we don't really have lacrosse over here it's probably quite yeah. rare um and we well, we the great thing about football, us is that we can, yeah. <laughs> the great thing about us is that we can clip a, a sensor to a hairband for soccer or, or any sport really so uh, it's, it's really a, a, an wow. amazing sensor <laughs> it's a great product yeah. it'll it'll track all of your impact count location severity and we've got a new product coming out uh next year early next year um that'll do gps tracking as well so you can track workload so really amazing technology can't wait to share it with the world yeah no i think we're only just getting up to speed with this kind of like gps thing here in the uk for, for soccer football and you know, here, here, like manager of my team talking about it. Oh, we did the figures and how far they'd run in training. And that thinking, you know, you don't seem like that on Saturday, lads. You seem like you're still lazy buggers. <laughs> but yeah. you know, it's just like they're talking about the figures and that and saying, oh, they've done well, but they don't always show it on the day. So I don't know. I think maybe what we really need here in Britain and UK and England, especially, is like is more of that um, North American mentality, that, that attitude towards sports and the scientific basis behind it, uh, sometimes gives these guys a kick up the arse. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, sometimes it's, it's, it's a fact that they can only kind of uh, fit in and play with whatever they're told to do or whatever their sports scientist, or what, if you're lucky enough to have one here or whatever they mm-hmm. tell you you're going to do, you know, the nutritionist yeah. and whatnot. But if you don't have the information, I, I believe it's better to have it and then say, okay, I don't want this, I don't want that, I might want this, I might want that, rather than not yeah, to have it. Yeah, for sure. And we're not, we're not replacing decision-making, and that's no, one no. common misconception where they think, well, if I set my threshold to 30 Gs, that means that they've got a concussion at 30 Gs of impact. Yeah. And that's just not the case. You know, it's just a tool to provide you with information you never would have had before and then make a decision based off of that information. Yeah. Now you can use the information from the sensor. You can use the information gained from the player when you're putting them through your own concussion protocol, when you're checking their symptoms and things of that nature. Um, you know, we want to 
we want to give athletic trainers and coaches and players and parents the tools to be able to make the right decision. Yeah. And yeah. it's like right now we're, we're trying to make the right decision with only half the information. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't really want to do that. I mean, it's like here. You know, you got parents and and coaches and people. They're making decisions based on, well, what? Just on, on yeah. not a lot of information at all. So you, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it, it must be scary. I mean, the, the rugby here. You know, rugby players here. There's no helmets. There's nothing. There's no, they're just these guys are like monsters that just kind of run at each other and destroy each other. <laughs> And you know yeah. you know they've got multiple concussions, and some of them might have early stages of CTE or whatever. And you, and it's just like uh, you know you can tell that they've they've just battered their bodies to bits, in particular their heads. And you think, yeah, well, for sure. it's just accepted as normal. Oh, he's a, you know he's a rugby player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watch out for that guy. He's all right. He's a bit mental. You know, he might he might kind yeah. of like run at you and or you know like go and start in fights in the pubs or whatever. But he's he's not. He's, a rugby, <laughs> yeah. he's it's all right. He's a rugby player. So it's this mindset, you know, that is, yeah, it's very different. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Right. So I think, um, yeah, we're, we're coming at just under an hour there. So yeah, we're definitely going to have to continue this. And uh, and uh, thank you uh, again so much for your time and for your, all the information you provided as well. Um, so it only just leads me to say, well, yeah, um, looking forward to part two. And you just let me know when you're free and Rob as well. And we'll do this again. Sounds great. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Most welcome. Thanks. Thanks for being on here as well. So that was the first part of our chat, and uh, hopefully we'll be back to you very soon with part two uh, and maybe part three as well. Um, and this will be a, a continuation uh, of all the themes that we've already discussed and a lot more besides. Hopefully we'll get a lot more personal over some issues and things too. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, really appreciate your time and uh, this is uh, the video cast versions will be out on BitChute uh, on the PCS Awareness Fibromyalgia Inward Matrix channel and hopefully we're looking to get them on uh, brand new tube and library as well um, of course we're refusing to use YouTube uh, because yeah just because <laughs> well if you don't know why then um, yeah that's another matter so okay, um, if you want to get in touch with myself, uh, you can do so uh, at the David Bottomley at gmail.com. Uh, you can get me on Twitter. Um, two accounts now. So we've got the Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness Podcast account, and we've got my own personal account. Uh, find me as David Bottomley, and on Facebook, Post Concussion Syndrome Awareness Worldwide, and. Um, other places as well uh, if you want to get in touch by any means that you feel comfortable with please do so send me your thoughts send me your comments send me your questions send me your requests if you're out there and you'd like to join in uh, in podcasting and video casting either to, to tell people about what you're doing and your efforts then please please just just get in touch with me as well i'll always be happy to hear from you okay so um good day good night for now cheerio